The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Roto Experts Fantasy Football Podcast. My name is Davis Maddock. You can find me on Twitter at Davis Maddock. In this episode of the podcast, we are continuing our series of fantasy football team previews, this time going through the Philadelphia Eagles. But before we get into the team preview, I, of course, need to tell you about all of the awesome stuff that we have going on over at RotoExperts.com. I just released our perfect guide, or our ultimate guide, rather, to winning your league in 2019. I think that uh, for those of you who are just getting ready for your draft, I don't really think that there could be a better document out there. I really do think that it probably is just about uh, the best thing that you are going to find to win your league. And of course, we have expert rankings, projections, uh, dynasty rankings, really everything that you could need if you are a serious fantasy football player is on rotoexperts.com. Now, moving into the Philadelphia Eagles, their starting quarterback is Carson Wentz. Nick Foles is no longer the backup. He has departed to Jacksonville. Nate Sudfeld got injured in the preseason. Season, so uh, he had to have wrist surgery. So the the quarterback room for the Eagles is Carson Wentz, Cody Kessler, Clayton Thorson. Uh, obviously, zero risk of Carson Wentz getting benched. The big question about Carson Wentz is which version of him is the real one. So as a rookie in 2016, he started 16 games. Uh, the team went seven and nine. He averaged 6.2 YPA. 5.7 yards per adjusted attempt in 2017 was his, uh, you know, uh, amazing year, the year that Philadelphia won the Super Bowl. The team went 11-2 and with him starting. He led the NFL in percentage of throws that ended in touchdowns. Uh, he averaged 7.5 adjusted yards per attempt. Last season, uh, so last season, this is sort of interesting. Uh, basically, everyone thought he played poorly last year. Um, there was that article that came out. I can't remember. I think it was an ESPN article, but I'm not. Uh, or, or maybe it was a Philadelphia Inquirer. But uh, if, you're, if you're listening to this and you're curious, you can find it. It would not be that difficult. But basically, it was just about how everyone on the team didn't like Wentz, and uh, Wentz, Wentz just loved Zach Ertz and loved throwing to Zach Ertz, and everyone else on the team wanted Foles to start, and, and so on and so forth, and then a bunch of Wentz's teammates came out after that article came out and said it wasn't true, you know, so, and, and I don't think anyone can really know, but basically, uh, there, there was this perception that Wentz played poorly last year, but uh, his completion percentage was the highest of his career, his YPA was the highest of his career, his adjusted yards per attempt was a uh, a little bit lower because he didn't throw as many touchdowns, but I certainly don't think that Wentz was a bad passer last year. One interesting thing, though, was that he had quit running entirely last year. Only 34 rushing attempts in 11 games, uh, 2.7 yards per carry, whereas in that 2017 season, in 13 games, he ran 64 times for 300 yards, uh, 4.7 yards per carry. Only two rushing touchdowns in his career. 
So there is this sort of interesting thing with Wentz where he is being drafted in the top 100, but when's the last time you saw someone tout Carson Wentz? When, like, a, like when we're just thinking about guys who are like popular in fantasy football circles, I don't think of Carson Wentz as one of those guys hardly at all. You know, I just don't think he is a popular fantasy football entity. So there's, there's sort of the interesting thing with him is that I don't think he has kind of the ceiling of Cam Newton, Kyler Murray, Lamar Jackson, Dak. Prescott because I don't think I don't think he's like a, a big running quarterback so I I just am sort of left cold by Carson Wentz I, I think he's kind of interesting I think he's shown some great ability to be a viable fantasy quarterback in the past if he you know if he really slides if he's there in the 10th 11th round sure I I that's a guy I would be interested in selecting some like percentage of the time, but not a guy I'm going to the map for. He's probably, you know, not in my 10 most owned quarterbacks in the draft best ball championship or, uh, you know, or anything like that. But uh, a useful guy, if you draft him, probably not someone to start your draft thinking, I want that guy. A much more interesting situation, though, is the running back situation for the Eagles. So this is, these are the players I expect to make the team. Miles Sanders, Jordan Howard, and Darren Sproles are all locks to make the team. Now, I think that uh, Josh Adams is not going to make the final team. Uh, Donnell Pumphrey is probably not going to make the final team. And Boston Scott is not going to make the final team. But I think that Wendell Smallwood and Corey Clement both will, which means that there's going to be five running backs on the roster. So there's five running backs on the roster. We know that Darren Sproles is going to be locked in to the passing down work. You know, he did, he did not he did not come back to return to the Eagles at the age of 36 to sign a one-year contract and uh, not be the passing down guy. You know, I, I am just, I am 100% certain he is going to get work in the passing game. So we can already rule that out as the primary passing down back for Miles Sanders. Then we also know that the team traded a draft pick for Jordan Howard. Uh, everyone is basically reported uh, he's run the ball quite well throughout the camp. Uh, Eagles offensive coordinator Mike Groh has praised Jordan Howard's work in the passing game uh, and his pass protection. Uh, there's been various reports about how he's been dominating carries with the first team offense. So when you get down to the, the work of trying to project the Eagles backfield, it's unclear to me how you would ever think Miles Sanders should be a fifth or sixth round pick in fantasy football. Uh, certainly, I think it's one of those things where if he was uh, a ninth round pick, an eighth round pick, uh, I think he would be an awesome zero RB candidate because he's a talented guy. You know, he was really good at Penn State. The only reason we don't think of him as more talented is because he was a backup to Saquon Barkley. So, you know, obviously he only had one year of production, but... I don't see a reason to take Miles Sanders over all of the wider seat like Miles Sanders or DJ Moore. I'm going to take Miles Sanders. Like uh, a, a lot of those, uh, Miles Sanders or Sammy Watkins. I'm going to take Sammy Watkins. These are guys who are, are for sure going to score more PPR fantasy points than Miles Sanders. Now, Miles Sanders might end up being more valuable in weeks 13, 14, 15, 16. But, I, you know, in general, when I'm drafting zero running back, I'm thinking... 
there's a lot of running back situations that are going to change. So not only is Miles Sanders going to see his highest value weeks in uh, the championship weeks, but Jalen Samuels might see his highest value weeks, or Malcolm Brown might see his highest value weeks, or Darwin Thompson might see his highest value weeks. And those guys are all significantly less expensive than Miles Sanders is. So, uh, you know, for the people who are drafting him, I get it. I understand why you're doing it. I don't think it's right. It doesn't reflect itself well in any sort of mathematical projection system. I get it. I don't think that it is an overall super winning strategy for fantasy football in 2019. But, you know, you you do you. Uh, moving to the wide receivers now, their starting personnel uh, and 11 personnel, which I think is going to be their base set, is going to be Alshon Jeffrey on the outside, Nelson Aguilar uh, in the slot, and Deshaun Jackson on the opposite side. The addition of Deshaun Jackson is pretty big for the Eagles offense overall. Uh, I expect him to be a meaningful contributor, maybe not so much for fantasy this year, but teams that add Deshaun Jackson have significant spikes in average depth of target. They see significant spikes in YPA. So basically just having him on the field, take it really. this is really a situation where it takes the top off of the defense. It opens up space for guys like Nelson Aguilar, guys like Alshon Jeffrey, guys like Zach Ertz, guys like Darren Sproles, and uh, you know, J.J. J. Arcega-Whiteside, I don't think he's going to start the year as a, as an every-down player. I do think that he is the type of guy who is so talented and, uh, you know, so useful to an NFL team that I, I, I do expect him to have a role this year that at some point we will have to pay attention. Uh, we, we will have to pay attention to J.J. Arcega-Whiteside in fantasy this season. Um, at ADP, Alshon Jeffrey, Deshaun Jackson, both of them are sort of interesting, but I think four Eagles all going inside the top 100 does seem a little weird. So we have Alshon who goes in about the sixth round. We have Deshaun who goes in the top 100. We have Zach Ertz who generally goes in the third or the beginning of the fourth. And then we have Miles Sanders, although I guess we have already talked about how Miles Sanders is overvalued. So our projections create a pretty meaningful distinction between Travis Kelsey, George Kittle, and Zach Ertz, uh, a pretty clear one, two, three. Um, so in, in terms of drafting Alshon, on at cost. I, it's hard for me to imagine any Eagles pass catcher getting enough volume to uh, to want to start him on a daily basis or a, a weekly basis rather, you know, because Alshon is going to be, he's not going to get the deep targets. That's going to be Deshaun Jackson. He's not going to get the short to intermediate targets because that's going to be Zach Ertz. So I, I think Alshon could be in a sort of a lower volume role than he has had in the past in his career. And, you know, in general, he's not like a super explosive athlete. So he's kind of a guy who's needed to compile stats, and I don't know if that option is going to be available to him this season. Deshaun Jackson, another guy whose role seems like it's going to be such low volume that he's kind of only of interest in best ball to me, and, uh, you know, in general, just those those uh, high average depth of target, low volume wide receivers are great best ball guys, and just guys that are you know, they're, they're, they are just tough to use roster and start in weekly management leagues. And Nelson Aguilar, I mean, I guess he would be sort of interesting in like a, a 14, 16 team league type of way because, uh, you know, it's not like he's not going to be a part of the offense. You know, he's very likely to be a starting player. He's very likely to, uh, you know, last year he had 97 targets. I would probably 
probably make that more like 80 targets this year, but certainly he's going to be a part of that offense. Now, now moving to tight end, they have two guys who they are going to want to use, Zach Ertz and Dallas Goddard. Goddard, though, is injured and uh, missing all of preseason with a knee injury. So, for a young tight end who's needing to learn an offense, who's needing to integrate himself, that that's not great, right? Like we can we can just straight up say that is not a great position to be in. Over the short term, the beginning of the season, that does actually probably increase the, uh, you know, just increase the target floor for Alshon Jeffrey, Nelson Aguilar, and uh, Zach Ertz. I, I, and in terms of drafting Zach Ertz, you know, we, we are just not really that interested. We have him projected for, you know, way less volume than he had last season. So Zach Ertz had 156 targets last year, turned that into 116 receptions. That's a, that's a big mark over the rest of his career. He had 110 targets in 2017, 106 in 2016, uh, 112 in 2015, and that seems more appropriate for him. You know, it, it's, it's pretty unlikely that that he is going to see that sort of insane target volume again. And without that kind of volume, you know, kind of unlike Kittle, kind of unlike Kelsey, Ertz is not this big dominant athlete that, uh, you know, has these crazy after-the-catch games. And the, you, someone's going to get mad about this, but I would I would basically call Zach Ertz souped-up Jason Witten, right? Like, he is, he is the evolutionary form of Jason Witten, whereas Travis Kelsey and George Kittle are, like, the evolutionary form of Tony Gonzalez. You know, they're, they're just kind of a different brand of player. Zach Ertz is really just a, a big, big slot wide receiver as opposed to, you know, a true physical marvel at the tight end position. So that is going to do it for our Philadelphia Eagles fantasy football team preview. I hope that you guys enjoyed it. And uh, I hope that you are uh, subscribing to rotoexperts.com to get more of our expert and amazing content. And you can get 10% off of that package using the promo code M-A-T-T-E-K.